everybody. Welcome to the Hollywood Dream Podcast, where we talk to the people that are making film and TV in New York City and all around the world. Today, I'm here with Crystal Henninger. Crystal is a photographer. She's a stage manager, and she's also a songwriter. And recently, she won an award for Best Score at the Art of Brooklyn Film Festival for her, her film, Stillness, right? Mm-hmm. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. Hot. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah. Awesome. Um, tell me about Stillness. I obviously watched it at the Art of Brooklyn Film Festival, mm -hmm. but would you mind sharing uh, what Stillness is about and how you created the video, song, etc.? Of course. Um, so Stillness actually comes from a set of four songs mm -hmm. called Gift of the Night Flurries. And um, that set of songs was created to encapsulate what snow sounds like. And so there's first snow, which is kind of like tinkly, you know, the feeling that you get. Um, then snow day, which is kind of more of like a playful going out and having fun mm -hmm. type thing. And then blizzard, which is a little bit more minor and intense. And then stillness, uh, which closes out the set. And it's kind of like the calm after the storm. Mm -hmm. um, it just has this feeling of kind of like when, when you go out in winter and you're just kind of by yourself and everything's coming down around you. And I don't know, at least for me, <laughs> <laughs> I, I find that um, like that, that makes me feel good. And I, I enjoy that time. Um, and I actually went out and recorded some of this footage at like 3.30 in the morning in the oh middle of a God. snowstorm. Um, but, you know, it's you do what you have to do for art. Exactly. <laughs> as long as you get the shot. Yeah. <laughs> there was one time I did, uh, short, before moving to New York City, I did this short film and we were in Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. And they had me crawling through like the woods in some sort of tunnel made of trees. I don't, It was... I don't remember, but I remember them saying, like, you know, as long as we get the shot, it's fine. <laughs> like, yeah, if I get bit by a snake. <laughs> that would not be okay. I Are you from New York originally? Uh, no, I'm actually from Virginia. Um, I spent, you know, the first part of my life there. And then I lived in Nashville for four years. I went to Belmont University mm -hmm. um, for songwriting. And then I moved from there to here. Got my MFA in stage management at Columbia, and I've been here ever since. So it'll be 10 years in August, oh, actually. So. I've been here for 14. Mm. So that makes both of us New Yorkers. I, I hear that after <laughs> 10, you're officially a New Yorker. Yes, I'm excited about that. <laughs> um, how was your experience getting your MFA? Um, I asked because I have an MFA, and mm -hmm. I thought that getting one... My MFA is in writing and producing for TV, and I thought by getting one that would help me, but uh -huh. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> it really hasn't. Um, yeah. I feel like it was a waste for me. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like having an MFA in stage manage management and for theater that has helped your career? Uh, yes and no. I mean, it. what it really did was kind of fast track a bunch of connections. Mm -hmm. and. Like, I knew that it wasn't going to be the absolute, you know, here's here's your ticket to, you know, stage manager Broadway show. I knew yeah. it wasn't going to be that. 
Um, but what it did get me was a lot of people that I, I actually do still, still keep in touch with and I have worked with on multiple projects. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of outside non-union theater work while I was at Columbia, mm-hmm. um, which also really helped me. And a couple months after I graduated was when I got my, uh, equity card. So I am, I am a union stage manager. Okay. Um, so you have to be in the union. You don't have to be. Uh, it helps. Well, depending on what you want to do, yeah. it helps. Um, like for me, it was the difference between doing a lot of non-union work, which, you know, some some non-union projects are great, but others are like, okay, I'm doing two months of work for 500 bucks. That doesn't pay the rent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and in order to really um, be able to sustain yourself, you have to do multiple projects like that. And so, you know, I, I remember there was one time I was working on four shows at the same time and I, it's just, it's exhausting. Um, so, so were they happening at different nights? How did they all that work out? I had different rehearsals. Like I, it was usually that I was in performances for one show. Mm -hmm. So that would be at night. And then during the day, I had different rehearsals for like two shows that I kept going back and forth on. Um, and then I was kind of in pre-production for one. And one, the one that was in performances ended like the week that the one that I was in pre-production mm. for started rehearsals. So it was, there wasn't as much overlap, but yeah. it was still just, you know, I I had to keep my calendar very yeah. strict. <laughs> it was like, okay, I'm going here and here and here and here. and um, you know, even then it was, it was a struggle to really be able to take care of everything. And I just, I was kind of done with that. And I also kind of got to the point where I was, all of the shows that I had done had a lot of the same elements, Mm -hmm. you know, like it, I wasn't learning anything anymore. And I really wanted to get to the point where I was like, okay, I either want to work on a big show or I want to step away and yeah. find a full-time job and not deal with freelancing anymore because it's it's tough and and you know it brings up a lot of anxiety and you know you're wondering where your rent's coming from in six oh, months. That's the worst. And so it was just like I I wanna do one of these two things and I reached out to a bunch of people and sent them my resume and I had, I didn't really hear back from any of them. So, and I mean, I didn't wait on it. I was looking for full-time jobs as well during that time. And it still took me six months to find one. Um, And during that time I was doing a lot of random freelancing. I worked at Juilliard and Carnegie as an usher and, (laughs) you know, just doing a lot of little odd jobs and it's like film where it's like it's all about who you know pretty much mm-hmm. yeah I mean like you can work your way up but having those connections gives you more of an in mm-hmm. because when people work with people that they know and they like they keep them in their bubble you know mm-hmm. and it's so it's very much you find your group of people And you keep working with them. And sometimes you add other people into it or, you know, like some people move on from that. And so you have to adjust your bubble of who you're working with. But it's it's a lot of who, you know, um, 
because it's hard to just show up and be like, I'm going to do this one. Day. Yeah, and they don't post the jobs on LinkedIn. <laughs> of course not. And, you know, even if they're supposed to, it's it's like, you know, you don't really know what shows are in development. Um, and so keeping those contacts and being like, hey, if you know anybody who's looking for something, mm -hmm. you know. So, so it definitely was a good thing that I did get out of Columbia. And I think yeah. it... I think it did help me kind of get my feel for New York and kind of cemented the fact that I do want to be here and that, yeah. you know, this is where I'm supposed to be. And um, so it just, that was a good part. You know, the, there are some downsides too, you know, it's, it is hard. Um, it's, it's extremely expensive. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> um, but I work at a nonprofit, so <laughs> you're good. <laughs> Hoping that uh, that pans out for me. But you know, it's just there's, it's it's a balancing act, and it's it's not something where, like, if you are on the fence about getting an MFA that you shouldn't do because you don't think it's going to be beneficial. Um, but I I think you have to really like weigh your options and yeah. figure out is this right for me. Cause it's not right for everybody. I know. And, um, you know, I, I feel like it was right for me at the time because it did give me that connection and it did bring me here. Um, would I do it again? Probably not. <laughs> I know. Like, if I could go back in time, I would not do it. But part of me is happy that, you know, I did learn a lot about TV mm -hmm. writing. Uh, and now with the strike, there's no hope for me to get it. <laughs> but no, I, I did, and I met a lot of cool people. Yeah, um, that I have as connections now. But yeah, if I could go back in time, I would <laughs> not do it. I mean, I, I probably would do it again in this lifetime. I wouldn't do it additionally mm -hmm. from now. Um, but you know, I I feel I feel like I learned a lot about myself too, and just it pushed me in ways that I didn't know I could go. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it wasn't easy. Um, but what is, <laughs> that's life. Um, but yeah, it was at the time it was good for what it was. Yeah. And you've been stage managing since high school. Yes. You've been doing a lot of it. You've done a lot of shows mm -hmm. in New York city, back home. Mm -hmm. Can you share for those who might not be familiar with theater, the arts, what a stage manager is, their job, and how their job can also be creative? Yeah. Uh, so stage managers are basically kind of um, the center of a theater production. Mm. Um, essentially, that's how one of the things I learned in Columbia. Um, <laughs> we, we got kind of like a a shift in thinking of how stage managers work in theater mm -hmm. and to kind of view them as a CEO of a production. Okay. You know, like yes, the producers are the <laughs> are in charge of the money and all of that fun stuff, but but really if you think about it, the stage manager has to coordinate everything. Um, so stage managers jobs start well before the actual production process, the rehearsals and all that. Um, so we usually start out, we have production meetings with the crew. So all of the designers, the director, um, any assistants, which there are usually plenty of, mm -hmm. um, 
and you know we figure all the things out we kind of we have to go through the script and look for any potential problems you know it's like oh there's a bucket of blood that's going to be poured in this scene how are we going to do that <laughs> you know are we allowed to rehearse with anything like that you know is there is there something that we can do you know how is this going to affect costumes how is this going to affect the set every night is it going to be you know there's there's just so many questions that snowball from everything um and so we kind of have to be the forefront and have the foresight to ask those questions um, then once rehearsals start, we keep track of blocking, which is all the movements that the actors do. Um, we keep track of props. Where do they come from? Where do they go? Um, put them back on the table at the end of the night, <laughs> yell at the actors for not doing that. Um, and, you know, figure out if we have quick changes, how long people have to change costumes and all of that. Uh, then once we get into the more tech rehearsals when we're bringing in the elements um you know we have to figure out um we get the lighting cues and the sound cues a lot more shows are using projection now um so we get all those cues from the designers and then we actually do what we say is calling the show which yeah. is saying all of the cues like nothing happens unless we say go okay. um well, it's not, they're not supposed to anyway. <laughs> Some people do. Or, or you know, like if you've got a really big sequence and you have an understanding and you're like, okay, you're going to go off of this or when I say this, this is also your cue. Um, so you're not the person, you know, when you go to a theater and mm -hmm. there's like a guy underneath, like right in front of the stage, like mm -hmm. keeping, is that you or is that the director? No, uh, it's actually neither. Um, oh. So, <laughs> well, it depends on what show you go. So the, um, because there's also the the person that you probably see the most in like like are you talking about in the pit or in the back of the stage? No, in the pit. In the yeah, so in the pit, that's probably going to be the conductor. Oh, okay. Um, for the musicians, um, and we also have to work with them to make sure that you know everything is on the same page yeah. between the actors and the musicians and where we're getting our cues from. Do they have enough lights down there? Mm. Um, how are they getting there? What's the path? Um, but no, the stage, the stage managers, uh, usually the production stage manager or the calling stage manager is going to be somewhere off in a booth um, okay. with video monitors being able to look at the screen. Cause I mean, especially in big Broadway theaters, there's no good place for them to, sit and see the whole stage and be able to talk and call cues without being in the audience view and disrupting the performance, you know? So usually there's some booth that's built either somewhere way up in a wing, <laughs> <laughs> um, off to the side of the stage. Even a lot, a lot of shows have calling stations off to the side, okay. um, backstage. And it's, there's usually video monitors set up and uh, some cue lights where if we do have a lot of stuff or um, a lot of the backstage movement stuff happens by cue lights where, you know, they'll get the light to be on standby. And then when the light goes off, then they are allowed to hit the button to move things or, you know, they bring in the, um, the set piece that's coming in from up, up way up in the wings. <laughs> You know, in the loft. I was a stage manager once for um, 
when I first moved here, I was really close with this guy who's a playwright. Mm -hmm. So he'll put up his own shows and he mm -hmm. asked me to be a stage manager. And I don't remember doing any of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that like what I was describing is more like the big budget. Yeah. You yeah know, this was the Broadway and off Broadway shows. But like I don't remember what I did, to be honest. I remember being in the back on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I The first couple shows that I ever did. Um, I mean, I was in high school. I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, and the, the director had talked to me and kind of gave me an outline of what I would be doing. Mm -hmm. But until you really get into that rehearsal room and actually see how everything's coming together, it's hard to really completely sum up what a stage manager is and does. Um, and it's, and it's constantly evolving too. You know, like now there are so many technical advances um, that can help. And for me personally, I pretty much do paperless stage right. management. I like having my computer in front of me. I like taking blocking down digitally. Um, I like running the show that way because it, to me, it feels more efficient because, you know, if I'm taking line notes or whatever, and that's when an actor messes up and you uh, write out what what they messed up and what they need to fix and all that. Um, you know, I'm a much faster typer than I am writing by hand. Yeah. So it just made sense to me to start doing it that way. And while I was at Columbia, you know, some of my uh, classmates were like, oh, I could never do that. And then when they, uh, one in particular, when she was working with me, she was like, now I kind of want to try that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it, it is something that's becoming more um, more used just yeah. because it's it's easier. And it's faster to update things. It's faster to get more people the information. Um, and, you know, that's not to say that the, that the old way in handwriting doesn't work. It yeah. definitely does. Um, but... For me, it was, I don't want to spend an additional three hours every night after rehearsal going home and translating this yeah. to the documents. I might as well just do it on the spot. Exactly. <laughs> I When I first moved here, I joined, like when you come to New York, there's so many like theater things mm -hmm. off, 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 Broadway, <laughs> you know, Yes, where they put up like productions and we pretty much have to do you're at your actor and you also work the shows mm -hmm. and i remember working uh i think i was the lights person mm -hmm. and i actually enjoy that because i had to be like focused on like making sure each light went into whatever yeah or like what light goes into which queue and just following so i was like completely focused on that because i was terrified that i would mess something up and then <laughs> it's my fault yeah um but yeah i enjoy the lights what is that like technician? light designing light design well were you were you actually designing or were you more just hitting the button like the board I, operator well i was the operator i was just i remember i had to like follow the script and then mm -hmm. each there'll be like in this word this light goes yeah. off and in this word this light goes off yeah so that's what i was doing yeah so more the board operator yeah but that it is fun it's it's always it's satisfying to yeah. hit the button and see things happen on yeah. time. <laughs> and I think I was just like so stressed that I would do, I'll hit the wrong button mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I'll screw the whole show up. And yeah. It's my fault. <laughs> so. 
So how, what made you go into stage managing? Is that something that you just kind of fell into or you had a desire to work in the theater and that was a way in? I, I didn't know that I wanted to stage manage until I was in high school and got the opportunity to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once I did, it was, that was kind of a, no, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, um, which is interesting because it's not what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's still something that I want to do eventually. Like one of my ultimate life goals is to stage manage on Broadway. And mm-hmm. I haven't done that yet. So not crossing it off and not rolling it out. You know, if Broadway calls, I, I will be there. Um, <laughs> Broadway, call her. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's. I just, I like being behind the scenes. I like being kind of the puppet master. You know, I like being able to know everything and put everything together. Um, I do a lot of things creatively, as I'm sure you've figured out. (laughs) Um, But it's just, I like knowing how to do different things and knowing how different people do their jobs. And it's not that... I want to do everybody else's job because I definitely don't, you know, like yeah. I, I will never be a costume designer. <laughs> but it's good to like understand how exactly. someone does their job or yeah. why that job is important. Yeah. Um, it's actually interesting because one of the, one of our assignments at Columbia was to make a flow chart of how everyone in the theater interacts with each other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the my program advisor um every time I see him he's like I still use your chart because I love it so much (laughs) um but my chart basically looked like a two-year-old got a hold of a crown and just kind of like (laughs) drew all over it um because I had the stage manager in the middle and I was doing it on my iPad and I initially attempted to color coordinate the different lines of how everybody connected with each other but then I ran out of colors because I was you know I was doing it on a note app and yeah. it was limited um so then it just it, it's just this n- nice pretty boxes with the typeset and everything and then just colors everywhere <laughs> um but you know it's the stage manager is really connected to every single person who works in the theater whether it be you know the ushers or the janitors uh or the producers who aren't usually on site mm-hmm. but you know you still have to deal with them in a way you know you're very connected to the director and the actors and the designers um and the crew and so it's just I like knowing a little bit of everybody's job because I feel like it makes me better at my job mm-hmm. because I know how to talk to you. Yeah. You know, I know what you want to hear from me. I know what kind of questions you're going to ask me. So if I can get some of those answers for you ahead of time, why not? Yeah. You know, it's like, let's, let's make personally and pretty much everything I like I do. I try to make everybody else's life easier. <laughs> Um, and as a stage manager and as someone who leads teams, it just, if I can have those answers ahead of time, instead of sitting there and being like, uh, I don't know, you know, it, it makes me feel more accomplished. Mm -hmm. Um, and it makes me feel like I, I am on top of it and I am doing a good job. So I, I attempt to do that. I don't always succeed, but. (laughs) (laughs) But it's the intention. Yeah. (laughs) Um, well, you've done a lot of theater, like you have 
of all the shows that you've worked on, mm -hmm. what has been some of the most challenging or most memorable, either positive or negative? Mm. And why were they challenging? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, there... I have done a lot of off, 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 off Broadway shows. Um, and Those are always memorable. <laughs> Not in yes, a good way. They're definitely, definitely memorable. Um, a lot of challenges always come with them because sometimes, not always, but sometimes the directors have big visions and don't know how to execute. And they give a lot of things off to you as a stage manager and they're just like, I don't know, just figure it out. And it's like, cool, but that's not actually in my job. <laughs> um, or they ask impossible things that they're like, Oh yeah, just, just, can we just change this lighting cue? And it's like, no, I'm not actually the lighting designer. Um, like there was one show that I did that we weren't going to have an intermission. Mm -hmm. It was a, like two and a half hour show it was oh my like, god we were all mad about that we were like no let's put in an intermission and the director did not want to he did not want to budge and then after like the second or third night after everybody was complaining yeah <laughs> about not having a bathroom break <laughs> audience wise yeah um he was like okay let's put in an intermission <laughs> and i was like you do realize that affects lighting cues right <laughs> and he was like oh we'll just fix it and i'm like no. <laughs> Thankfully, I did. I had actually done some lighting design before, and I had worked with the board that we had at the theater. But I was still like, I'm not supposed to just walk in and do that because that's taking over someone else's design. You know, I sure I can copy cues and everything, but I I don't want to step on people's toes and yeah. do their job for them. That's not okay. Um, plus, I'm not being paid to do that. <laughs> Because that was they one of those. They always ask the most when you're working for free. Yeah. Well, and that, that was definitely one of those uh, non-union being paid, being very underpaid jobs. Um, and so, you know, like we, and the lighting designer actually wasn't in town. Like yeah. they didn't live here. Oh my God. Um, so, you know, I, I did call her up and we did talk and we figured it out. And, you know, she told me what to do and how to fix things. Um, but it was still just like, <sighs> No. <laughs> is there a particular show that you would love to work on? Oh, there are many. Um, like, what is your dream? Like, if Broadway could call you right now. <laughs> Bring back American Idiot. Uh, Green Day is one of my favorite bands. And okay. I saw that show on Broadway twice and then on tour. Um, on tour twice as well, I think. Um, and it's just, it's one of my all-time favorites. So, Definitely want to do that. I would love to do Spring Awakening. Mm -hmm. um, I actually did do uh, at LSU. I worked with um, Swine Palace and did Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. And that that was on my bucket list of okay. shows that I wanted to do. But I definitely wouldn't mind doing that one again. Okay. And you're also a songwriter. Mm -hmm. You went to school for songwriting. Yes, I did. You know... Excuse my ignorance. But no, you I didn't know that you could get a degree in songwriting. A lot of people don't. No, uh, <laughs> it's totally fine. Every time I say that that was my major, they were everybody's just like, "What?" <laughs> so how is that? Is that a four-year program? Yeah. Uh, so when I was looking at schools, I was ultimate, and this kind of goes back to the whole how I got into stage management thing. It, 
I was trying to decide if I wanted to go to school for theater or for music. Mm-hmm. And it was it was pretty much like a coin toss decision. Like I could have done either one. But ultimately, I decided, you know, I can walk into a theater without a theater degree and have the experience to back me and be perfectly fine. But something that I've always wanted to and I currently am kind of uh, pursuing is music producing. Mm -hmm. And if I just walk into a studio and I don't have that kind of knowledge and I haven't really been working with it, they're not going to let me touch anything. (laughs) So um, I, I went to Belmont for songwriting and it's. So songwriting and composition are two different things, Mm -hmm. technically. Um, So songwriting is more of like the stuff you hear on the radio. Um, So with with the lyrics and composing is more just um, the instrumental type stuff. Um, And I had also tried to decide whether I was going to go for more composing or the songwriting thing. But when I saw that there was a songwriting major, I was like, yes, that that is actually what I want to do. Um, and I was trying to decide between Belmont or Berkeley College of Music up in Boston. Okay. And got into both, which didn't make the decision any easier. <laughs> and I, I almost went to Berkeley because they had they have a film scoring class. And that's something that I was well, obviously now yeah. interested in. Um, but they don't have a theater department. Oh. So I went to Belmont because I was able to have a theater minor as well. Okay. Um, but it's, I, I got to work with Grammy award winning songwriters, um, and had a lot of different assignments where it was like, write different genres, write outside the box, um, do some co-writing. Um, I had a lyric only class, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it's interesting to, I feel like it's interesting to have any kind of major where a lot of the stuff you're doing is creative. Yeah. You know, because it's just like, sometimes, as I'm sure you know, the inspiration doesn't always strike. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> so so it's kind of like, okay, but I, I don't want to force anything that's not going to work. But sometimes you just have to put yourself in the situation where you're like, okay, well, I got to come up with something because yeah. it's due tomorrow. Um, but I feel like having that really pushed me to be a better writer, to understand the basic elements of what goes into making a good song. And, um, you know, it was, it was interesting cause I was looking back at some of my songs the other day and I was like, eh, <laughs> I thought these were really good at the time when I wrote them, but they, they could use a little tweaking, you know? And it's, it's just, I, I guess that's the editor part of my brain where it's just like that never shuts up (laughs) uh what is your songwriting process like it depends on what I'm writing (laughs) and I feel like it changes every single time um so a lot of times I'll get an idea Mm -hmm. and usually the best ideas that I get are ones that I can't actually actively work on at the moment Mm -hmm. like I'll get them when I'm in the shower or driving or you know, <laughs> it's like I can't I can't put pen to paper right now. Um, but uh, usually when I get those kind of ideas, I just continually if it's a melody or if it's lyrics, I continually just go over them and over them and over them until I can get to paper or my computer or whatever and get them down. Um, I record voice memos a lot uh-huh. um, just, you know, because. 
I, I have noticed that as I get older, <laughs> my my ability to retain those kind of things dwindles. Yeah. Um, so it's just better to have a, a version of it somewhere. Um, and sometimes it starts with the music first. Sometimes it starts with the lyrics first. Uh, lately, one thing I have been noticing is that I've been writing the chorus. Mm -hmm. I've Like, I've been starting off with the chorus more than anything. Um and I don't know if that's like that that wasn't always the case sometimes and it it still isn't always the case sometimes it changes up but um I just kind of go with the flow and whatever happens happens yeah and I let it <laughs> for stillness what was it you started with a song or with a video first uh how did that work so there was there was a video that inspired the song. Oh, okay. Um, so my creative partner and best friend, Jake King, he had a short little video clip that he had recorded. Um, and it was him standing in front of his window. Um, and you could see the snow falling through the window and it was like really big, thick, heavy flakes. Mm -hmm. It was just really pretty and cool. Um, and when I saw that, I immediately heard the first two chords of stillness in my head. Like I just, I just knew what it sounded mm -hmm. like. And I wasn't intending on doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's that was just one of those it happened moments. Um, and thankfully, I was at work where I work at a nonprofit music school. So there were a lot of pianos around. So, <laughs> so I ran into a room with a piano and started playing and figuring it out. And and I was getting ready to leave for the day, too. But I was like, I can't go on the bus until <laughs> I have this figured out. So I stayed a little bit later and worked on that. And then once I had um, I voice memoed it and I took some notes down, then I went home and set up Pro Tools because that's what mm -hmm. I record with and literally recorded like t for 25 minutes and just sat at my piano and played um and just kind of got all the ideas out of my head uh and then I went back later on and actually like cut and pieced it together mm -hmm. was like okay this flows <laughs> um and then with working through that I knew that I wanted to do something with video yeah. for it because it just felt very cinematic you know it just it just had that feeling of big emotions and something is happening in this and I feel like it's greater than just it existing as a piece of music yeah um and you know like I mentioned I I've always been extremely interested in film scoring so it's just it it was something that I was like you know we're, we're gonna marry the two it's gonna be fine um uh, I'm working on a documentary so I will definitely call you so you can score <laughs> Yes, please. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> um, it, aside from working on a Broadway show, like, do you have aspirations to do other things? So, like, what is your main goal in life oh. as far as <laughs> a creative, being creative? Yeah. Um, I have a couple different aspirations. Um, one of the things that I really love doing is... Um, I'm a photographer and I love doing concert photography. Oh. Um, and I've been shooting mostly for Frank Turner, who is one of my absolute favorite artists. Um, but, you know, to be able to, to be able to shoot all of my favorite artists at some point in life would be amazing. And, you know, to actually like be on a tour as a photographer is kind of like a, a big dream. Um, 
I also love music producing and would love to get more into that. Okay. Um, I'm current. Well, in the works, I have a very big multidiscipline project. Um, I've got a whole bunch of artists on board. It's going to be music, dance, and film somehow. Um, but I I'll be producing that as well. Um, so just kind of. So more in like the music side, you would say? Mostly. Um, but, you know, I also want to do the Broadway thing. Um, I also write novels and I have four that I'm trying to, <laughs> to get out in the world somehow. Okay. Um, They're done already? Uh, yes. Uh, I, I keep going back to them and editing them. Mm -hmm. um, but I think they're ready for they're ready for an agent or for a publisher to look at Fine. and um so you know <laughs> okay. well good luck with the novels thank you um i have a segment called fast and curious mm -hmm. oh boy where i'm i'll ask you a bunch of questions great and you have two minutes to answer as many as you can all right <laughs> uh the number to beat is 20 oh boy it's actually 19 i <laughs> i when i was editing this one episode i real i told him 20 but it was 19 i just miscounted <laughs> but since it's out in the world that is 20 it's 20 all right <laughs> all right i'm gonna start the clock who is your current celebrity crush oh god uh, uh. i actually don't know that i have one Mm. <laughs> you can say pass. Fine, pass. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite emoji? Uh, the smiling face with smiling eyes. I use that one a lot. Uh, favorite TV show? Uh, um, absolute. Uh, well, one of my favorites is Mash. Okay. Favorite movie? Uh, Godfather. The longest flight flight you've ever taken? Six hours. Favorite family tradition, past or present? Uh, Christmas time. Longest distance you've ever walked or ran? Ooh, I think like seven, six or seven miles. Best trip you've ever taken? Uh, definitely a music cruise last year. Best place you've ever lived in? New York. <laughs> Scariest movie you've ever seen? Um... What's coming to mind is The Shining. Favorite actor or actress? Mm. Um, Al Pacino. Hardest class you've ever taken? Mm. Uh, Pre-calculus and I dropped it. This <laughs> is hard. First concert you went to? Uh, Bob Seger. What's, uh, what was your first car? A Nissan Maxima. What fashion trend do you wish would come back? Uh, mm, pass. <laughs> Last show you binge? Uh, currently watching Say Yes to the Dress. <laughs> <laughs> What's something people love? <laughs> uh, it's done. You know, I'll I'll give you this. What What's something people love you uh that you just don't understand why? Uh, um, rap. <laughs> okay. Fifteen. 
not, not bad. You didn't, you didn't win. That's okay. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to. Um, I took too much time on the first one. I know you did. All right. And final question. Uh, if, if there any advice you could give anyone who has aspirations to pursue a career in theater, whether it be stage managing, acting, lights, whatever. Just do as much as you possibly can. You know, it's, I feel like we're in a world where the more you do and the more knowledge that you have, the better equipped you are to do anything. So as much as you can say yes, take those opportunities if they're presented to you. You know, you never know where it's going to lead or who you might meet or you might end up falling in love with what you do. Yeah. And so it's just say yes as often as you can. Um Unless it's going to absolutely make you <laughs> miserable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I agree. I wish I would have said yes to more things when I first started. Mm -hmm. so I agree. Well, thank you so much, Crystal. Thank I you for having glad me. Glad you came yes, and didn't cancel. Awesome. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> um, and where can people find you? Uh, so I have a website, crystalhenniger.com. Uh, I have a photography website, crystalhennigerphotography.com. Um, Instagram, KN Henniger, and Twitter, although I don't really tweet anymore, and Facebook, K Henniger13. No uh, threats? No. <laughs> <laughs> I I just saw that that's a thing the other day and was like, I nah. <laughs> I can't keep up with social media, so. But thank you for being here, and thank you everyone for listening. Thank you. Thank you.